0: Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to
1: listen in next week. Nestled in the mountains that you see, at the foothills of this mountain is the location of the ancient city of Philippi. It's the location where Paul and Silas were placed in prison and that earthquake came and they were loosed and released. Come on. It's the location where the first convert, Lydia, in the book of Acts, opened her heart and received Jesus. This is the location. In this valley... Alexander the Great fought multiple battles. Mark Antony, who famously fell in love with Cleopatra, also fought many battles here. Philippi is named after Alexander the Great's father, Philip. Repeat after me God's word is alive, it's living. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul on his second missionary journey was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to Asia and is diverted to Europe. While in Troas, a vision came to him in the night. And we pick up the story in Acts 16:9. Let's read. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The word gospel means good news. And the message that I believe God wants to rekindle within our hearts as the body of Christ today is called the good news. Say good news. Let's read on. Verse 11 says, therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and there the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the furthermost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And as we are staying in that city for some days, let's have a look, a, a visual look at the journey. We have Troas over here. Paul is diverted from the Asia area and he's sent. He gets this vision, a vision of a man from Macedonia. This is the Macedonia that we're speaking about. He goes from Troas, Smyrna, and Tharsos is the island that we are staying on. He goes to Neapolis and then to Philippi. Let's have a look at this island called Tharsos. Is that beautiful or what? Huh? We're staying on this island. This is our base of operations. We, the Lord opened the door for us to connect with an amazing pastor. So there's a great church here. We are, we are based here in the distance. You can see Neapolis. It's the Neapolis of the Bible. Say, God's Word is living. Let's have a look at what Philippi would have looked like at the time of Paul. This is, this is what Philippi would have looked like at the time that Paul brought the gospel to this area. Say, Macedonia is a real place. It's a real space. Verse 13, and on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the river where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who we met there and a certain called Lydia. Say Lydia. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped. God and the Lord opened her heart. Who opened her heart? The Bible says, The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken of by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful unto the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Let's have a look at the location, the river where she was baptized. Is that cool? That amazing, I can't tell you how awesome an honor to worship at the location where the first person to receive Jesus was baptized in Europe. <laughs> now, you got to understand if it didn't, if the gospel didn't get to Europe, it ain't coming to America. Do you understand what's the gospel? If the good news hadn't gotten To Europe, it wasn't coming here. Say, thank you, Jesus, for the good news. Verse 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed of a spirit met us who brought her master's much profit. It says, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope or profit was gone, they, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them to the market and the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive. It said, Then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, they put them into inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. All for the good news. Let's have a look at the location. This is the prison here. This is the prison where Paul spent that moment in history. Let's now have a look at the earthquake. This is the the fruit. This is what the earthquake caused, completely ruined that whole area in Philippi. Say after me God's word is living, it's powerful. Don't say after me. I could hear you. (laughs) Verse 25. But at midnight, say, but at midnight, Midnight. Paul and Silas were grumbling and complaining and cursing God. They'd given their whole lives, their time, their energy, their talent, and now they're in prison. Is that what it says? The Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were what? And singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking from his sleep and seeing that the prison doors were open, supposing the prisoners had fled, listen, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice and said, do yourself no harm. Now, if I was Paul at this moment, I had been beaten, I had been battered, I had been placed in stocks and chains for bringing the good news of Jesus. If I was Paul at that moment and I'd been singing hymns and and praying and suddenly the earthquake shook me free, I am not hanging around. I am running for my life. Is anybody else with me today? But Paul was a different type of guy. Paul had a different type of spirit. You see, Paul was not concerned about his life. Paul was not concerned about his vision. Paul was not concerned about what might happen to him. He carried within his belly and his being the good news of heaven and earth. Paul, the same Paul who persecuted those original followers of Jesus and put them into prison, that same Paul who was blown off his donkey as Jesus revealed himself to him. That same Paul was a different type of man with a different type of spirit. He was not concerned about his life. He was concerned, he was concerned that the message of the gospel was heard. And he gave his life as Jesus gave his life for the good news. He carried Jesus within him. As we read on, it says, then he called for a light and ran in, the prison guard. He calls for a light, ran in, listen carefully, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? We are living, listen carefully. We are living, we are moving. This planet is moving towards a what?" Must I do to be saved? Moment. What do you mean? The darkness is gonna get darker. The corruption is gonna get more clearer. And in the midst of that space, listen, I cannot say this, Father, help me to say it more clearly. It's important that the body of Christ does not get entangled with the bad news to the point where the good news is no longer seen because there is a moment that is coming, a moment of salvation. There is a moment where people who you've been believing for, people who you've been praying for for many, many years, People, there is a moment, there is a season in the atmosphere that is coming to where they, like Paul, they, like this man, will come to you and say, what must I do to be saved? But if the bad news consumes the good news, then the light will be dim and they will not see where to go to. There is a time coming for you. A what must I do to be saved moment where people are gonna begin to come to you and they're gonna say this. So they said, he said, what must I do to be saved? And you're gonna say this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were with him in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Thank you, Jesus. Say the good news. Say the good news. No matter how dark life seems, no matter how hopeless the situation is, We are reminded this morning that salvation is in the name of Jesus. In a world flooded with bad news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is freedom from prison cells. It's freedom from chains that bind. In the words of Jesus himself, in Luke four eighteen, Jesus said his purpose. Jesus told us his plan. The spirit of the Lord is upon me in Luke four eighteen. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Listen, to sit at liberty, say liberty, all who are oppressed. At the time of Paul's mission to Europe, the Roman Empire governed and controlled the known world with an iron fist, the people were oppressed, slavery was accepted, poverty and sickness filled the land. it was so brutal. Paul and Silas are placed in prison and beaten for talking about this good news and as my family and my band as 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 we stood outside these historical monuments gazing Gazing upon these world-changing landmarks, reading the Word, seeing. I'm listening, Pastor, I'm reading the Word and I'm seeing it. It's something happens in you. Coming to grips with, with, with what's happening, there were, there were two emotions that gripped me. The first emotion was this, this is epic. This, I mean, this is huge. I can't hardly contain myself. My wife and I and the kids are like, oh my God. This is when Paul and Silas were in prison here. This is I mean, the evidence of the earthquake is everywhere. Lydia is baptized over there. The Philippian church, I mean, you you read the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is written to the people in this location. And I'm looking at you. (laughs) It's huge. It's just huge. Number two, number two. The second emotion is is one of soberness. Even sadness. Why? Philippi is in ruins. Philippi is in ruins, Macedonia is in ruins, Greece, North Macedonia, Bosnia. When I think of Bosnia and five million people, and only, only 300 evangelical, Holy Spirit-filled people. I mean, there are crosses everywhere on the mountains, people. There are crosses everywhere. You look and people cross their heart. They, You see them driving in a car and they, they kiss her. Everywhere they go, they're crossing things. (laughs) The evidence of God is everywhere. But where's the faith? Where's the belief? And most importantly, where's the freedom? Look in people's eyes, you can see where there's freedom or not. And they're walking down the streets, oppressed, depressed. You can can feel this oppression The evidence of God is everywhere, but where is this evidence of the good news? And so as I'm in, my wife and I, we're talking the whole trip, oh my God. And as we're talking, say, Father, help us to see, because I see the same thing in America coming slowly. Sneaky. I see it in New Zealand, this sneaky, sneaky little thing. And I say, Father, how... It can happen to me. I don't want it to happen to my children. I don't want it to happen to me, my friends. How is it possible? He leads me. As I'm asking Him, the Holy Spirit leads me to Hebrews. And in Hebrews, Paul gives us the solution. He gives us the answer. He gives us the reason of why this is even possible. Hebrews 4, 1 to 3, it says, therefore, therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear, say fear, Paul had a fear, he said, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. Listen, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. But the word, the gospel, the words that they heard did not profit them. Why did it not profit them? The Bible says it was because it was, the words were not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So they heard it, but didn't believe it. Revelation that is not mixed with faith, listen, becomes philosophy. You talk to the Greek pastors. It was not but 30 years after the Apostle Paul had written to the churches of Philippians that the people in the region totally forgot and turned away from what they heard. Not but 30 years. Relegating Jesus next to Socrates and Plato. Do you understand? Revelation that is not mixed with faith becomes philosophy and it does not profit us. Was Jesus just a philosopher? Does Jesus have a place next to Plato and Socrates and all those other teachers of the time? Were the words of Jesus, the words of, of, of a mere man? Well, John one one says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made, and in Him was life, the life that was the light of men, the life that was the the. light of men, the life that was the light of men. He was in the world and the world was made through him. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who... To those... Who believe To those who mix the word with faith, with faith. The Bible says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was the word of God made flesh. The Bible says he was filled with grace and truth. Say truth. Say truth. In a world today where you don't know what's truth, Jesus is truth. God's words through Jesus were not philosophy, not a good idea, a wellness plan, steps, nuggets of information to help us be better people. They were the same words that hung the stars and the moon and the sky. Jesus is the Word, the living, breathing Word of God made flesh and the Bible says the truth will set us free. His truth, His truth in us. Jesus is that original picture. Jesus, in Jesus we see a picture in Jesus we see a picture and a painting of God's original plan for our lives the Bible says in Genesis 1 27 so God made mankind in his own image in the image of God he created a male and female he created them we didn't come from monkeys We didn't evolve from animals. God made those lovely, furry little creatures, and we love to spend a lot of money watching them swing from the trees with incredible ease. We love to watch them. But the difference between you and me and the monkey is, the monkey was made out of the genius of who God is. But you were made in the image and likeness of God. This is the truth that sets us free from the satanic nature that came into the world through Adam's sin. You will know this truth. You will believe this truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free free if we believe. If we believe. The words of Jesus are truth and not just a good idea. This truth, listen, this truth was founded upon the authority of God. Jesus only spoke what his father taught him to speak. John 12, 49. Jesus says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gave a command, what I should say and what I should speak. Family, the good news of the gospel is God's heart delivered to the world to deliver us from a satanic enslavement, making way for his original plan in our lives. There's a rest for us. Say rest. There's a rest for humanity. In the midst of all the chaos, there's a rest. Listen, but we've got to believe the words of Jesus. Say believe. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Paul said, I fear. He said, I fear. What was Paul's fear? He says, I fear lest we fall short lest we fall short of entering the rest of God. Listen, and as I gaze upon the world, as I gaze upon the church, as I look at the church and I see what's going on around, I have a fear, I have a fear, I have a fear in my heart that that, that the church is relegating the words of God to philosophy. Do we really believe? Do we believe? People are not at rest in the church. People are not at rest. In the midst of perilous times, God has a rest for all of us. Man seems to be placing... His trust in man's words instead of God's words. And listen, we become servants to the words we place our trust in. Psalms 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Will anybody remember His name? Proverbs 18:10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run in and a safe family my testimony my family's testimony is for 25 years we've taken the gospel all over the world he's provided for us he's made a way for us he's paved a way for us our God is alive our God is real his words can be believed his words can be trusted and it is the only name. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. There is no other name but His name. It's beautiful. It's freedom. When I'm 16 years of age, I had this incredible experience. God, it's like His, he, he came into my bedroom and just moved my life. It was incredible. But the the overflow of that experience is I would have dreams and in the dreams, in the middle of the night, I would see, as a 16 year old, I would be singing, I saw myself singing on stage. And as I'm singing on stage, people in the audience are getting healed. And tears begin to roll down my cheeks as I'd wake up in the middle of the night saying, "I how, can that ever happen? I, I don't know. But as I begin to take small steps of obedience, Suddenly, over the last 25 years, people began to come up to me. One lady, she comes up to me, even just a couple of years ago, she says to me, sir, can I talk to her? I said, sure. She said to me, last year you came to my church, you did a worship event. She says, as you were praying, as you were singing, as you were singing, I felt something come upon me and I felt something leave me. She said, I went to the doctor the the next day. She said, I've been an epileptic all my life, my doctor keeps me back for two more days. He cannot find any sign of epilepsy. And I said to her, "How long has it been?" How long has it been since you've had any epileptic seizures?" He says, "It's been over a year since you came. God has touched me. Multiple stories. Multiple stories. Is that not good news?" Ha) <laughs> You've got stories. I've got stories. The good news has got to be heard. As we close today, Isaiah 52 and verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. Romans 10:14. listen carefully. As we close together, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe? Listen. How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? Listen carefully. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The message today is called The Good News. After reading this passage, I thought maybe I could call the message Beautiful Feet. Oh, my goodness. How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful How beautiful are your feet? How, how beautiful are your feet, honey? How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful... Are your feet? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amazing grace, how sweet, let all stand and sing, the sound that saved a rich like me. I once was lost. Oh, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Lift your hands all over this building and sing it. Beautiful anthem. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound That saved a rich like me I once was lost Oh, but now I'm found I was blind but now there is a clarion call that is sounding throughout the nations for the body of Christ to yield to yield our father is searching vessels that he can fill with good news and use us as channels that bring this good news how will they believe unless they hear how will they hear unless there's a preacher will the preachers rise up say I'm not a preacher I can't talk it's not about being on here it's about your space. There are, there are people you can touch. I can't touch. I'll never touch some people that you can touch. We all have a space. This is for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? That the good news of Jesus would be heard. Who will go for me, says the Lord? Who will yield? Who will surrender? Who will believe my words? How beautiful are your feet today? Who wants beautiful feet? Who wants beautiful feet? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. As every eye is shut and every head is bowed. And if you're here today, and you're here to, you want to respond, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. And you want to just, you want to recommit your life to the gospel. You want to recommit your life to the good news. If you're here today and you say, I want to be extra vigilant that my life is not consumed with the bad news, but that the good news of the gospel is my focus. Not to say I don't see the bad news, I hear the bad news. That's not reality. It's everywhere. We live in a fallen planet, but we're not going to live. You're here today and you just, you're just you going to take a stand and say, I'm not going to let the bad news subdue the good news of Jesus. Heaven is calling. Heaven is asking us the question. If you're here today, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. And when you're raising your hand to your Father, you're saying, that's me. I'm going to make a commitment today. I'm making a commitment to be a preacher of the good news in my space, in my sphere of influence. I'm going to be a channel of the good news of Jesus. If you're here today and you would say, Father, send me. Father, here I am. Father, I am yours. Father, help me speak through me. If that's you today and you want to, to make a declaration that I and my family are gonna bring the good news of Jesus. Lift your hand straight up in there if that's you today. Now come and stand with me. Every single person come to this altar. This is an altar. This is a moment of sacrifice where we give our lives afresh and we say we are gonna make sure that the good news of Jesus is heard. I've heard the word. I hear the word. Come and stand with me today. And sing this with me. No turning back the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. No turning back. And this is this is this though none go with me still I will
2: follow
1: though none go with me still I overcame him, the dragon, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. Is every eye is shut, and every head is bowed. If you're here today, and you don't, you've, you've never actually repented of sin, you've never actually opened your heart and invited Jesus into your heart. You've never made that commitment. You've never repented and you've never opened your heart. And although you might not understand it, what I'm speaking, something in you is saying, I need to do what He's saying. If you're here today and you want to commit your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you have committed your life to Jesus, but you're not living the life that you need to, in just a moment, I would love to Pray with you, but I need to know who you are. If you're here today and you want to commit your life to Jesus, you want to open your heart and for Him to come and live in you, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so we can pray with you. If that's you today, just lift your hand straight up in the air. Anybody at all? One hand over there. Anybody else? There's a few hands here raised. Can I ask everybody to repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father. I acknowledge that when Adam sinned, that sin came upon me. I sinned, I have sinned. That sin separated me from you, my true father. But you sent Jesus to bring me home. And today, I acknowledge the work of Jesus and what He did on the cross for me to take away the barrier between us. Sin. I open my heart and I ask You to forgive me for sin in my life. I open my heart and Lord Jesus, I ask You to come and live in me. Help me from this day on to follow Jesus. I have Decided to follow Jesus. I am. De- There is freedom in the blood of Jesus. Freedom in the blood of Jesus. There is freedom in the blood of Jesus. It washes white. Addictions now, right now. There's some addictions are being broken off. People, when you came up here, that step of faith, it's breaking off you. Addiction to pornography, addiction to to uh, food, addiction to the things of this earth. In the name of Jesus, it's been broken off your life right now. Your step of faith, your obedience is breaking the power of Satan off your life. In Jesus' name. We are no longer slaves. Loose them and let them go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, loose them and let them go. Every fear. There's fear. There's fear, anxiety. All of the fleshly things of this world, the blood of Jesus is making us whole today. So the light of the gospel can shine through us. Addictions are breaking. His presence is healing. His love. release it at this altar today. Every fear, every care, just release at this altar. Release every addiction, everything in your life that that equals slavery. We're no longer slaves, we're free. Whatever that, this this thing, God doesn't want His people to be slaves anymore. We We were set free from any form of slavery. Any form of slavery, the blood of Jesus has made us free. And you know, whatever that is, we all have our struggles, but Jesus wants to make us completely whole and free today. We can shine and let the life of heaven overflow out of us. In Jesus' name.
2: while we're in this moment. We just want to take a moment to honor Pastor Michael and his family for the word, for the message that he brought today. You know, how many of you, uh, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but the video that he shared today and the work that he and his family are doing, that doesn't happen by accident. That is by the grace of God that he is able to do that, and we are thankful that he is able to do that, and that God is merciful and graceful. But your generosity allows God's grace to work. So we would like to uh, honor Pastor Michael and his family for the work that they do. We would like to take a love offering at this time. Whatever God has put on your heart, there's a QR code on the screen. I'll get out of the way. When it comes up, just uh, check the box that says guest speaker, and that way we'll know that's for Pastor Michael and his family. Go ahead and have a seat when you're done uh, scanning that code. Um, So in the same light that we're honoring Pastor Michael, for those of you that aren't aware, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. And believe it or not, the second Sunday of the month is Pastor Appreciation Day. So we want to honor and appreciate our pastors. So if we could get uh, the pastors and their wives to come on up. Yeah, give them some love. Come on, encourage them.
0: Ministry. We appreciate you, Pastor Don. We have Pastors Nick and Raylene, who are um, pastors of our young adults ministry and our worship and production ministry. And we have Pastors Max and Teresa, who are our assistant pastors here and soon to be Restoration Life Atlanta pastors. And last but certainly not least, we have our lead pastors, Pastors Eddie and Roxanne Vargas, who have been ministering and pastoring all of the South Bay for over 25 years. And you guys get to see everything that they do here on Sundays, but that is only just a little glimpse of their life. How many of you, your lives have been touched by these people up here? How many of your marriages have been restored by these people up here? How many of you have came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because of their sacrifice? What they do is daily. And we just, we thank you so much. We honor the time that it takes, the sacrifice. Pastor Teresa, if you're watching, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. She couldn't be here today because she's taking care of her little one who's sick, but... If you guys see them today or tomorrow or online or or anything, just tell them how much you appreciate them. Because Danny said in the first service, just like you guys, they're human too. And sometimes they have that thought of, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Or God, can you talk to me? Or they need encouragement too. And so it's so important that just as we receive from them, we deposit into them in, in gratitude and appreciation, right? So we're going to take a little moment. I know we're running out of time, but we really want to just do something fun really quick right now. So we want to see how much you guys know your pastors, okay? We got a fun fact game. So we're going to need your participation, okay? You guys, you guys agree? Yeah. All right, all right, here we go. So we've got some fun facts here. And if you guys guess this pastor, we're going to see which one it is, okay, but you guys get to guess who it is. So this pastor loves to minister on the book of revelations and woo, you guys are good okay that was a good one. and he's currently a doctor do you guys know what kind of doctor he is oh you guys are good uh, all right Pastor it they got you all right this pastor this pastor grew up in orange county okay oh And she currently works a full-time stay-at-home job aside of being a full-time mom. That's Pastor Raylene. Yes. (laughs) Okay, all right. This one, this pastor currently is working on a comic book. How do you guys know? (laughs) That's right. It's Pastor Max. And Pastor Max used to also be a security guard, if you can't tell. Uh, (laughs) uh, this pastor can play the drums she's really good oh I don't know who? okay okay Pastor Teresa they got you she can play the drums and she's been a high school soccer coach for over two years now so Pastor Teresa we appreciate you we love you Uh, this pastor loves to take naps in the car that's a hard one We already said Pastor Rayleigh? And has owned two businesses. Pastor Nick. (laughs) (laughs) This pastor doesn't like to eat vegetables at all. (laughs) Pastor Eddie. (laughs) And another fun fact about him, his grandfather was a matador, a bullfighter. That's pretty cool, huh? You guys didn't know that. And uh, all right, so this pastor loves butter and can eat it all on its own. <laughs> and, are you gonna, and she loves animals and always wants a new pet. <laughs> pastor Roxanne, that's so right. Congratulations. You guys know a little bit more about your pastors. <laughs> uh, well. We just want to go ahead and pray over our pastors. So would you do us a favor, would you stretch your your hands out? And we're just going to take this time to pray over our pastors.
1: Let's go ahead and stretch our hands forward. Father, we thank you for these pastors you put into our lives here, Lord. We thank you for the men and women who serve at this church. These uh, precious people who you have brought to shepherd us, Lord. We thank you that you cared enough about us to put them in our lives. Lord, we pray that you'll just bless them, Lord. We pray that you'll bless every aspect of their ministry, their marriages, their families, their kids, and their grandkids. We pray that you'll bless every plan that they make. And again, Lord, we just thank you for putting them into our lives, for bringing them to our church, and for just allowing us to, to learn from them and to grow. And we thank you again in Jesus' name, amen.
2: touched by Pastor Michael today. If you came up to the altar and you're in need of prayer, you accepted Christ today, you rededicated your life today, we do not want to send you out those doors without knowing what your next step is. Please scan uh, the QR code. Uh, It'll connect you to baptisms. It'll connect you to life groups. It'll connect you uh, to our DNA class how to get plugged in here at Restoration Life. Also, just walk straight out the doors. There's a big black sign that says VIP, where we have our prayer team out there to pray, for you, to pray for you, to come alongside of you, to give you materials. Please know that we are excited that you are part of the family of God, and we are here to support you in that walk. We love you. You guys have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you. Remember, send your pastors a note this month.